0: Miguel first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box, Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town colours. Absolutely massive North London derby today. But first, let's take a look back at the week our academy players had on loan. And we are back with Away From Hell End, one of our last episodes of the current season We will not go away while our players are gone. We'll figure out other content to cover. There is obviously a ton to talk about this summer with our academy players, what their next steps will be, the players returning from loan, what they will do next season, and what the summer transfer window will mean for everybody. But first and foremost, I want to thank Andrew from Dial Square to Wares podcast for having me on. Uh, yesterday we had a lovely chat about many of these players on loan, and just answering some questions of some people in the live stream, and you know discussing the Leeds match and discussing what's next to come in the North London Derby. So thanks again, Andrew. Take a listen to his podcast; it's a load of fun. Always has a, a good group of guys on there discussing the Arsenal and you know the ups and downs that each season brings. But back to our main point. And back to a guy who is basically the center of attention right now and somebody that's actually being talked about quite a bit is Reese Nelson, who yet again has made some great contributions to Feyenoord, playing 88 minutes in the second leg of the semifinal against Marseille to help send Feyenoord to the Conference League final in the 0-0 draw. He played 88 minutes at right wing, and he did exactly the job that he was supposed to. Feyenoord obviously were playing a way more practical style than they usually play, just trying to keep Marseille out of their net, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, that first leg was utter mayhem, and Feyenoord did everything they could to make sure that did not happen again, because as long as nobody scored, they saw themselves through, and that's exactly what happened. Reese was really used as an outlet, someone who helped keep position uh, of the ball, and he really was just there to help try and control the game, which is... Not a role he's used to playing in previous seasons, but you know, as we've said, with his upper body strength becoming a key factor in his gameplay and with his kind of maturity that he now has on the pitch and his decision-making, he did that quite well. Uh, He only misplaced four passes. He did have a key pass. Uh, He had one successful dribble. He won seven ground duels and five tackles, so he did exactly the job that was called upon him. At the final whistle, he showed a lot of emotion, really showed what it meant to him, and, you know, now there's a lot of talks of Feyenoord wanting him to stay another season. Obviously, things are going to need to be figured out with his contract, uh, and we will get to that in a second, but Reese played again on Sunday just a few days later, playing 45 minutes at right wing in a 2-2 draw with PSV. Uh, He just played for the first half, And, and again, he was solid. This was not his best performance. Neither of these were his most creative performances, but... The thing about him now is he's doing a job even when he's not being creative. And that is a sign of a very good player. It's the same thing we see with Sokka. It's the same thing we see with Odegaard. Even when the goal and assist numbers are not there, if you're making a contribution, playing a role, helping out the team, and and most importantly for Reese, he's tracking back quite a bit and and winning a tackle. that, That really is all you can ask as a manager. And the goals will come. The assists will come. The creativity will come when you have the amount of skill that Reese Nelson has. Uh, he was 13 of 14 passing in this first half, four or five on successful dribbles. He won four ground duels yet again, and Feyenoord have now secured third place in the Eredivisie. That will see them go to the Europa League, whether or not they win the Conference League final. But as I was saying, Feyenoord do want to keep Reese Nelson for another season. Obviously, Reese only has that one year left on his contract with Arsenal. His plan is to come back, speak with Mikel Arteta, see what the plans are for his future. A lot will depend on what the summer transfer window brings Arsenal. If Arsenal bring in Gabriel Jesus and a striker and Nicolas Pepe leaves, then yeah, Rhys Nelson may have a serious role to play here for Arsenal. He may be that extra right winger who can give Sokka a breather here and there. We're going to have European football of some kind. There will be more matches to play. I mean, Rhys is a player that Mikel has liked from the beginning. He's always had a run in the team when he's been around and when he's been fit. He's training harder than ever with Feyenoord. He, he has changed his attitude. I do think he su- could succeed at Arsenal, but that doesn't always mean that that will happen. And my guess is he'll come back, have that discussion with Arteta, and Arteta will say exactly what I've just said, which is you will be a squad player, you will be a rotation player, you're can prove me wrong, you can make your way into that first team every week. I mean, we've seen him move Martinelli and Smith-Rowe back and forth. We know Smith-Rowe is a player Arteta wants to convert into a number 8 and to fill that role where Xhaka is. So, yeah, I mean, there could be a role for Reese, but I think more likely he comes back. Arsenal try to convince him to sign a contract extension, saying he's in the plan for the future, and then try and convince him to go on loan to a you know, mid-table Premier League club where he can play 25, 30 matches in the Premier League next year, and then Arsenal can make a decision on what's best for the next move. I think Feyenoord, the likelihood of him going on loan to Feyenoord, is not grand. I I think maybe a permanent transfer there is a possibility, but I don't see how that loan move would make sense for Arsenal. Having said that, it's been a wonderful season for Reece Nelson. I'm very excited for him, and clearly his career is back on track, which is what's most important. And, And at the end of the day, Arsenal will either get a transfer sum for him or will sign him to a contract extension, and this has been an incredibly successful loan for him And it has meant the world to him to make this Conference League push, this final. He's played an integral role throughout every round of it. And I'm very excited to see him go up against Roma and Mourinho because that'll be a big test for him. That's a team that's going to play incredibly practically. They're a team that's going to sit back and try and beat Feyenoord on the counter where they have been exposed previously by Marseille and other opponents. So it'll be interesting to see what Reese can do. He's going to find himself in a lot of 1v2s. And he's going to have to be smart. And it'll be... It'll be a different challenge than he's had all season and a good test to watch him in a big match and against a top manager. Uh, A guy we haven't gotten to watch a lot recently, and unfortunately his season is now finished, is Fuller and Balagoon, who, you know, Burrow, unfortunately, Millboro, has not been um, able to qualify for the promotion playoff. They took a 4-1 beating to Preston in the final match of the season. Balagoon did not start, came on for the final 28 minutes at striker trying to, you know, chase the game. Obviously, it was bleak at that point, uh, but he didn't get much of an opportunity, only touching the ball six times uh, in that 28 minutes. He did get to take two shots. I mean, again, Middleborough were just sending everyone forward, launching long balls. Not really, you know, the kind of game that Battlegoon's going to have the biggest impact in. That's not really the style of play that suits him. But, you know... He ends the season with a solid three goals and three assists. Middlesbrough finished in seventh place, just one spot outside of the promotion playoffs. And, and they made that great quarterfinal run into the FA Cup. And it was great experience for Flo. I mean, unfortunately, he didn't get the opportunities towards the end of the season, especially since he was really on fire going into the international break, had a great international break with the U21s of England. Uh, and then the opportunities kind of went away. I don't know if it was burnout or if Wilder, obviously he preferred some other options. No, wouldn't have been my choice, but it, it was a good experience for Flo. He started in nine matches, uh, subbed on on another nine. Uh, his passing was great, 81% passing. He created two big chances, You know, averaging around a half a key pass per game and a half a successful dribble per game in a system that does not really put him in one where he's going to have the ball at his feet to be a main creator. He's more of a hold-up player in that system and, and someone who helps create possession and, and hold on to the ball. And then, you know, the way Wilder sets up with the overlapping center backs and fullbacks, those are the guys who are the creators. So the main thing here is Balagoon got experience. He he really improved with his back-to-goal, which was a big area that he needed to improve on. And although it was good that he got this experience, I think what's best for him is another lone move next season. Uh, my, my hope would be he goes to a Premier League club. I don't think the championship... Would make a whole lot of sense, yeah. If he can play for a top tier championship side, where he's going to be the main striker, he's going to play thirty five matches, forty matches, sure. But I think it makes more sense for him to go somewhere like a Southampton or Brighton. Like you know, Broja at Southampton was excellent this year. You know, he he got enough opportunity to score goals and impose himself on matches. There are going to be a frustrating match here and there. But I mean, I think Brighton, if they keep Graham Potter, is the perfect place for him. Uh, they play an incredibly expansive style of football who create a lot of opportunities and are in need of a striker. And Balgoon could really just show what he's worth there. And then, you know, he comes into the Arsenal team in two years. And theoretically, that'll be a season where we're going to probably need to buy another forward, depending on what happens this season. And, and we wouldn't have to if Balagoon's ready to take that next step. Obviously, he could fill that third striker role if we bring in two forwards and don't re-sign in kedia But It's more important to me that he gets consistent game time, and he can't be guaranteed that as a third striker at Arsenal. So my guess is he'll go back out on loan, hopefully to a Premier League side, maybe a Bundesliga side or something like that. I mean, we've seen that happen before. Uh, I'd be a bigger fan of him just adapting to the league that we need him to adapt to. So that's where we hope next. And and Daniel Ballard is a similar player with, with a similar proposition at hand, although He may be, you know, he may be done at Arsenal. Who knows? His value, as I've said over and over again, is as high as it will ever probably be. It's not like he's going to come in next year and get a ton of opportunities. There are rumors of Rob Holding being gone, trying to leave to a Premier League club. You know, he's coming into his prime years, likely wants to be starting every week. With Saliba coming back, that would move Holding to a fourth-choice center back, potentially fifth with Tomiyasu being able to fill in as a center back as well. And that doesn't make a lot of sense to me for Rob Holding. He loves the club, so he may stay, but I think he's likely to leave. And Ballard is a similar player who plays a similar role. He's a no-nonsense defender. He wins tons of duels. He does not mess around with the ball at the back. He clears when necessary. And and he's rigid to his position and keeps the game in front of him. He's the kind of player who can come in and play a low-block defense and close out a game. Um, The season with Millwall has just ended. He missed the final two matches, unfortunately, due to injury. But he made a great impact there. Um, Millwall finished ninth, and Ballard was a main reason for them even being in the promotion playoff race. I mean, he missed six or eight matches, and you know Millwall struggled. The second he was fit, he came right back into the team, starting 30 matches this season. Um, you know, his passing has always kind of been his weakness, 71% passing this season. Uh, he needs to increase that, but he's gotten better each year as a distributor, and for a player who, you know, When he was scouted as a younger player, it was not one who you saw as a progressive center back a little bit less into the modern game. He's worked hard to improve at that. Um, The things he is great at are, you know, just being a no-nonsense defender, as I said previously. He he up-no-wall to five clean sheets uh, in the league, seven total in all competitions, averaging nearly two interceptions a game, two tackles per game, winning seven duels per game at a 65% clip, which is pretty excellent, especially in a five at the back in the championship, uh, which is a very physical league. And he was sixth in total duels, one per 90 minutes in the league. So he clearly has the ability to come in and play defense. There's no question about that. I would like to see either him or Rob Holding stay, because I think they can both be utilized in that low block, how we like to close out games. Having said that, if Rob Holding is staying, Daniel Ballard probably needs to be moved on this summer. His value will never be higher. He's had an excellent season in the championship. I think a team like Fulham or a team like Southampton, a team that does not play with a very high line, could use a player like him uh, to, to help sure up their defense. Sure, he may not start 25 matches, but he'll start 20, 12 to 15, sub on when a team's trying to close out a match I I'm happy for him. His career has taken a big step up this season. And next year, whether it's at Arsenal or another club, he's ready to make an impact at a Premier League level. And that's huge for a defender and huge for Hale End. We have not produced a lot of top-end defensive prospects uh, over the last decade or so, and really none since Ashley Cole. So let's see what happens for Ballard this summer. But a great season on loan. He's definitely got something to hang his hat on and a big summer ahead for him. Nikolai Moeller, however, obviously did not have the best season on loan, not the season we all hope for. An incredibly interesting prospect due to his physical abilities. Obviously, the the length and and size of his stature are unlike any other prospect that Arsenal have at the moment. Uh, Unfortunately, he missed the final two matches of the season for Den Bosch, but he succeeded at times here, and experience is always good. Uh, He finished with 10 starts in 11 matches played two goals and an assist, and he did what he does best. The thing we know from these two loan periods and adapting to kind of this level of football is that he's not too young to compete in the air, and he's not too young to win the ball. Uh, he was winning three and a half aerial duels per game for Den Bosch, and he was very influential in their build-up play. Um, he was contributing to over five passes a game in his own half at nearly a 90% clip. So he's coming back to the ball, holding the ball up with his back to goal, and and finding his wingers. And as I mentioned on many previous episodes, the wingers on this team were some of the most selfish footballers I've ever watched. I don't know if that was tactically what the manager was telling them or them trying to impose themselves on the game. But, you know, Mola would, you know, come back and help in build up, find his wingers, make a run into the box, and almost never get a pass, never get a cross in, not even one that he could, you know, take a risk on. And it started to frustrate him But when all was said and done. Uh, He he ended up fifth in aerial duels, one per game uh, amongst forwards in this league. So it's clear what he's a lead at. What he hasn't gotten a chance to show himself from at the senior level in either of these loans was his finishing ability. And and that's the biggest question mark. Can he be a clinical finisher in front of goal? With someone of his size, he needs to be one. He's such an amazing aerial threat, and he needs to go into a team that's going to spam crosses like that's what he needs that's how he'll succeed he'll start taking more risks get a little bit more aggressive and he'll score goals I know he will he's an incredibly talented kid and he has a great mindset he wants to succeed he wants to play he wants to be a part of a team that wins games and challenges. Uh, I've spoken a little bit with his dad who who has told me these things about him and you know I know about the frustrations he's had this year it's been a frustrating year so the hope for him is next year he goes on loan to an English side. Probably in League One, I don't think he'll make a step up to the championship just because of the lack of experience. I don't think a championship side will give him enough game time. But hopefully a League One club that's fighting for promotion, and, and he'll really get a chance there. It wasn't a horrible year. Any year where you get you know 20 or so matches at the senior level is a good one. But he needs a bigger test, and he needs more ability around him because he's not going to create everything on his own. That's just not the player he is. And so he needs teammates who can contribute to that. If we're talking about guys who want to do it all on their own, there's nobody more like that than Harry Clark. Played in another two matches this week, 90 minutes in both at right wing back, the first being a 1-1 draw with Aberdeen. And again, he's all over the place. 32 of 46 passing, three key passes, three successful dribbles, eight duels won, two interceptions, and two tackles. He is just tireless. But not always tireless in the best way. He was a little bit all over the place in this match and found himself out of position a little bit too often on the defensive side of things. He got outjumped on a set piece, which is the goal that Aberdeen scored, and it's not really he got outjumped because he didn't have the physical ability to get up. It's a matter of him being a half a step behind, you know, the attacker that he was marking, and by the time he went to leap, he, he couldn't get position on the ball. Attacker headed it down, and Aberdeen poked it home. He can do a lot of really interesting things. He is incredibly aggressive at attacking a player in a 1v1, and that's why he's succeeding as a wingback. You get to be more isolated in 1v1s as a wingback because of how wide on the pitch you get and uh, uh, because of where the midfielders are and the attackers are in front of you. The thing is, though, he tries things a little bit too often and doesn't... sometimes you need to take the easy pass. Sometimes taking the easy pass will set you up for success in the future. Meanwhile, this was a pretty good match for him, one of his better ones at hibbs um he looks a little bit more comfortable on that right side i think he's just played there more often and he's happier to be dribbling kind of wider to the pitch and crossing the ball in rather than you know having to worry about defenders coming onto his right foot but again he lost possession 18 times in this match he committed four fouls and he was dribbled past so he did a lot of great but the great comes with the bad for harry clark a little bit interestingly, he had a little bit of a slower game uh, in a 3-1 loss to Dundee, and I think that was just due to the fact that Hibernian were not at their best. Um, Clark was 21 of 28 passing, one successful dribble, and one duel out of 13. I think he was a little tired, a little slow to the, to the match. I think everyone on the team was a little slow to the match. Not a lot to play for at this point for Hibbs, but Harry Clark just was not involved enough on either side of the ball. Um, they've got a couple of matches left. We'll see what happens there, but next year will be a big one for him. He needs to really get more rigid to his position. He needs to be more disciplined, and he just needs to be a better overall teammate. Obviously, he tries to create a lot, but he needs to be defender first sometimes, and he's not always prepared to do that. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, is he prepared to be a defender? We don't know, but on the bench for both matches this week as uh, Roma sent themselves to the conference league final beating Leicester one nil Maitland Niles on the bench for that match also on the bench for a two nil loss to Fiorentina Uh, Roma still have two Serie A games left trying to cement themselves in that Europa League spot for next year unless they win the conference league then they don't have to worry about that I'm not sure we'll see Maitland Niles play much more depending on what there is to play for in Serie A Uh, they may want to rest some of their players ahead of the conference league but not a great loan spell for him a very weird year for him Obviously, had he stayed, he would have played quite a bit at right back if he was willing to for Arteta. Next year, I expect him to leave for you know pennies on the dollar. a player who was valued at fifteen million just last summer, probably going closer to seven or eight million this summer. But who knows? I mean, multiple clubs could come in for him. He obviously has a ton of talent, and when his mindset is right, he can be an incredibly impactful player on either side in a back four or a back five. He has shown that he can do it, and he can step into midfield. So there's something about having a guy who's a utility player play a lot of positions, do a job when he's asked to. It's just a matter of finding the manager that's going to get the best out of him. Tim Akinola, obviously season is now over. Still not back from injury. Uh, he'll end with just that one 45-minute appearance where he played quite well, but never got another chance, sat on the bench for most of the season, and, and just never got his shot. Uh, the last guy whose season is now officially over but has some positive news is Carl hein. Uh Renning escaped relegation, and Hine's season ended with just those five starts in the championship that he got. Uh, he made 19 saves in those five starts at a 70% clip and, and made that one team of the week in his incredible performance against Peterborough where he made eight saves, kept a clean sheet and had two clean punches on corner kicks. Um, You know, a very small sample size, but he would have ranked top five in saves per game in the championship uh, from those five starts. He's an excellent prospect. I am very, very, very excited uh, for him next year. He's back and training with the first team back at Arsenal today for the first time since that freak accident, freak injury, such an unfortunate thing would have been a great development six months for him, but, he definitely needs a full year on loan next year to a championship side where he can play 46 matches, 40 matches, whatever it might be, and show what a prospect he is. He is so big, so lanky. If he can work on his distribution a little bit, I think you're going to see him come in and challenge for that second goalie position in two years, a challenge with Matt Turner, who's likely to be the second goalie next year. So Arsenal are blessed with goalie prospects right now, and Karl Hein is my favorite of the lot, a player who's, Already got nearly 10 senior appearances for his international side. Very rare for a goalie of this age. Very, very exciting. And that'll do it. Uh, we just have a few more matches for our guys. We'll we'll watch Reese Nelson and see what he can do in the Conference League final. Very excited to watch him do that and see what's next for him next season. But season's almost over. A lot is to be determined this summer for all of these players who are out on loan, as well as a huge crop of Hail End guys who are just incredibly talented and need you know, game time. There isn't enough room for all of them to get game time. If we make Champions League, it'll be way too big of a step up for them to get their first experiences there. So next season is going to be a busy, busy one for Hale End and a busy one for Arteta. He's got a lot to figure out between his summer transfer window plans and, and what's to come. But thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week.